Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nate. Yep. We had a farmer on with us today. We did. Just not Andy. We did. Andy, uh, Andy's, uh, I don't even know. I, th- I was going to be mean, so I didn't <laughs> I actually quit. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to You've been mean up. every other week about it. I'm just going to shut up. Uh, no. Andy, he's, uh, he couldn't make it. He was going to try to make it. Just couldn't happen. You know, he's a busy guy. So, uh. But today, it was a good show, man. Like, And we talk about it during the episode, but just having a deer. I mean, today, before I get into that, I guess today we have a Tales of the Chase. Yeah, and Tales of the Chase. And more than likely, if you guys are on social media, y'all have seen a picture of this buck. And it is just an absolute giant of a deer. And, you know, shooting it with a recurve is awesome or longbow, whatever you want to call it it's just very cool and just the story behind it of you know how he's got the history and you know and there's actually something that i didn't even know takes place and he gets into it during the show but uh just a anthony it's a a great tales of the chase it really is with anthony yeah with anthony peoples so we really appreciate anthony coming on and uh giving us that story but uh also glad his little guy yeah his little guy we had a first man yeah we Talk about this in the episode, too, but uh, we actually tried to record this episode Friday. Uh, Today's Sunday. We tried to record this episode Friday, and we got five minutes into the episode, and his boy, I don't know if he actually did crash his bike or he just fell down, but he he busted his chin up, and they had to take him to the emergency room to go get some stitches. So we had to, you know... Move some stuff around. Some, 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 uh, (laughs) but he was able, gracious scheduling, let's just say. He was gracious enough to come back on and, you know, give us the full story. So we really appreciate that. Uh, let's get into some of these sponsors we got today. Uh, some exciting stuff. We actually partnered with a new company. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of them, but we have recently partnered up with Athlon Optics. Yep. Uh, really excited about it. Excited. There are, uh, you know, we haven't had an optics uh, company yet, and we are excited to be working with them, man. Yeah, we, me and Andy, we've been running Athlon products before. You know, we've been running them for a few years, and uh, we kind of thought this would be a really natural fit, anyways. I mean, they're not that far away from us. We, enjoy yeah, they're the, they're a local company to us. Yeah, they are local, yeah, local people as yeah. well. Yeah. So, but we really do enjoy their products. Like I said, me and Andy, we've been running them for a few years now, and they put out top-notch stuff and uh, pretty budget-friendly. And Andy's probably excited to um, – uh, they're going to hook him up with a uh, rangefinder. 
Yeah, yeah, he hasn't had one. Or he hasn't had, had range. Well, he's got a range finder. He just, hasn't had a range finder worth of shit. Yeah, for a couple of years. And same here, because the one I have, it's okay, but uh, I, I've been needing another one, so I'm pretty excited about the one that we're going to be grabbing from them. Uh, but a lot of the lot of a lot of good stuff coming out of there. You know, they also got some tripods, some different accessories. You know, binoculars, spotting scopes. Anything and everything that has to do with the optics, they got you covered. So, you yeah. Know. So check them out, AthlonOptics.com. Yep. Find a dealer near you. Yep. Next up, we got Camo Fire and Black Ovis. Camo Fire, we've said it before, but it's that, you know, fire sale type thing. Get on the app, use it. They're always going to have some type of new deal new deal on there for you uh black ovis if you use the code mww10 you can save yourself 10 percent off lots of good stuff on there get your you know your early season late season skin can be that mid-season time right yeah, now yeah. so speaking yeah. of mid-season hunt worth gear yep that M- guy did that yeah mww15 i hunted tonight i used my mid-season stuff and it worked out great i yep. was comfortable um, my wife went with me actually she she was in my hunt. I just let her wear some of my hunt wear stuff. Worked out awesome. Yep. So yep. we really um, enjoy them. We're uh, I'm probably gonna be wearing. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna wear tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be cold, man. High yeah. of fifty, yeah. low of twenty two. So mid season still. I'd, yeah, I'd it's go gonna be mid because I'm a hot natured feller. Yeah, I would go mid for sure. But also Alps Outdoors use the code Woods Water for thirty percent off. Huge discount. Take advantage of it. Uh, you know. Lots of good stuff out there. We we really enjoy their packs. We use a lot of their packs and a bunch mm-hmm. of different other stuff. I'm, I've been using the heck out of my bino harness, man. I love that thing. I don't Are you know. proud of me? I've been using mine. You used it one time. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Uh, okay. We'll see. So. I promise I will. Yeah. Zamberland Boots. Check them out at zamberlandusa.com. Um, it's nice going hunting and not getting wet feet anymore. That's all I'll say. Yeah. No. Good pair of boots. They go a long way. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> you get it? And you finally, walk a long way. Yeah, I got it. Okay. And finally, Habitat Works. Our buddy Dustin Williams. Yep. Call him at eight one six seven five two seventy three ninety, or give an email habitatworksllc at gmail dot com. A lot of people are still doing stuff this time of year. Yeah, I saw him. I saw bit. him clearing some stuff the other day. He was clearing out. Uh, it was like an overgrown pasture type situation. So he's still out there slaying it. Yep. So give him a call. Yep. Check him out. Let's get into this show with Anthony Peoples. Anthony Peoples on his giant Missouri whitetail. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. Okay, with us tonight, we are on round two with Anthony Peoples. Anthony, what's up, man? Oh, just got in from a pretty good day of shelling corn. I, I feel like we're in deja vu do you want to tell the listener um why we feel like we're in deja vu yeah so the other night we uh started the podcast everything was running smooth and started uh sounding kind of like there's a war party upstairs and with some screaming and carrying on and i kind of gave it a minute thinking my three-year-old was gonna the crying was gonna subside and it it didn't and then i got a text on my phone that says i think he needs stitches (laughs) So, and my wife is an RN, uh, and she was correct. So, uh, we proceeded to head to Columbia to get us some, a stitch in the chin and yep. got home about two thirty. Uh, it was, it was awesome. 
That was a late late evening for you then. Yeah. It was. Yeah. yeah it was really, really late and that makes for an early morning and uh but he's all stitched up and ready to go. Back on his bike. So Good. you I think you're our hundred and twenty eighth episode. That is a first in Missouri Woods and Water yep. history. We uh well what's funny is I got kids too, so I know what it's like to hear them run around upstairs. We've even made comments on the show before about like, hey, my kids are being loud upstairs or mm-hmm. So I just assumed, you know, that was the same thing. And then it kept going, kept going. And I'm like, man, he's really crying. <laughs> he's upset about something. <laughs> yeah, he was getting with it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was that was the first. Uh, Anthony's like, hey, guys, I got to go. Luckily, we were only like three or four minutes into it. Yeah. Now, we yeah, had been recording there. for like, – or we had been on the call for like half an hour. Yeah, just which talking. Is, but... Which is typical for us. You know, we, we talk for a while before we get going, but – yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, he was he was, a, he was a champ, and he he got his he got his stitch, and it was just uh, you know, to be honest, I mean that happened about bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely my bedtime, and then of course two thirty, uh, uh, laying my head down at two thirty. That was it's kind of rough. It gets harder as you get older. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I know. yeah. Um. Okay. So we're just gonna start over. Uh. Even though Mike and I have heard this once, the listener ha- has not. So introduce yourself. Uh, tell everybody who you are, what you do for a living, and your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors, which I hope you answer the same way because that was our my favorite yeah. answer in a long time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So my name is Anthony Peoples. I'm from uh, Shelby County, Missouri. There's, uh, you know, we run a real estate brokerage, People's Land Company, and also farm, and I'm an auctioneer as well. So I got my hands in quite a few things we are in the middle of harvest right now so yep uh just started on corn today so it's you know it's been a it's been a long one but it's been a good one there's no doubt about that been very blessed fortunate with with some good rain and have some really good crops uh my best or i guess my uh favorite thing about missouri i believe i said potential you did um yep yeah, and i just look at that what missouri you know it's great in a lot of aspects but what it could be um and what it's capable of is is always something I look at. You know, you look at. I don't ever like to be. Um, so what they say, half-ass at something. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to go all in. And I feel like Missouri has uh, got the capability of being great at you know, numerous numerous outdoor activities. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's it's interesting that that makes one farmer that's made our show in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Andy's a farmer, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't do near what you do, and he still hasn't made it. Dang, you were just throwing shots at Andy. <laughs> uh, I, only, I only say that because he's not here. I know you. You keep saying that he's gonna. He he will be here eventually, and you're gonna have to. That's, that I'll I'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna hear an awesome story today about this buck. It's been all over Facebook and Instagram and. Uh, other social media platforms just an absolute giant of a deer absolute unit and uh featured in some magazines already i saw this um actually through laden i think uh he he had posted about it so and when i saw it i'm just like my god i gotta hear this story this this deer people will see the pictures when we release it and they've probably seen the pictures already is is a one of one of a kind once in a lifetime type of type of deer um so we're going to hear the story today and what's cool is it also has 
history behind it. Uh, this isn't a deer you just saw this year. It's a deer you've been after for at least two other three years, I guess, including this year. So, um, those are my favorite types of stories is when you can hear, when you get to see growth and you, you know, you have failure, you have success, you got all kinds of stuff going on with it. And, uh, are you getting ready to show them us, show them to us? No, I was just, he's actually not here. Oh. I was just going to move away from everybody's in the bath. I'm, I, do, I do have a couple other deer, I guess you can. Oh, wow. Kinda, oh, yeah. Kind of yeah. look at. Yep, some, definitely. Some decent deer. Definitely screw you, Anthony. That's what I want to <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a few of them. Yeah, those I've are nice deer, too. Um, so that's what we're going to do. And when we start, you know, when we do these, these Tales of the Chase episodes, we really like to paint a picture. So before we get into actually hunting this deer, um first off i don't know if i've read this in any of the articles are you a dude that likes to nickname your deer no damn it i'm not michael thank Uh, you but i but i will tell you that my yeah but my son did name the deer so um we were out one day and uh checking trail cameras or something and he he was (laughs) looked at so it's just you know he he's kind of look i don't know a name came up you know i don't ever name him but he said uh I don't know if I said, I said, should we give him a name or something? He goes, yeah, let's name him Poop. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so actually for the last uh, three weeks now, I guess he's like, oh, maybe that's Poop, you know, just looking at, you know, at other deer and stuff like that. Maybe Poop's in there. Like, yeah, <laughs> he might be, buddy. You know, what's he funny is or... for a kid that's pretty smart because that, that name has multiple meanings when he says stuff like that. You don't know if he's talking about the deer or exactly. did he do what a uh, how old is he three he's three yeah yeah we're we're we're, we're starting the, the the potty train yeah so like <laughs> it's been a, been a battle is he saying hey maybe there's poop in there is he talking about yeah. himself or is he talking about the deer you don't know it, you never know <laughs> you, you don't ever know and and he's usually pretty good with telling us and i just had this conversation with him i say hey, buddy you know it's time to start pooping and peeing on the big boy potty you know and he says uh i'm not old like you and i just kind of <laughs> laughed and i was like i said but diapers are expensive he said but i like them it's easy and i was like it's easy i just gotta go i don't yeah. have to go anywhere i can just go i mean he's, he's got a fair point would yeah. you still do it if you could <laughs> probably not saying. i mean probably not i i don't feel like you'd be that comfortable afterwards <laughs> so I'll, I'll 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 tell you guys because i think you're I'm, I'm 38 you guys are probably yeah close, close to the same i'm age. guessing yep yep okay so uh and sitting in the combine all day, what I've noticed is I don't have to pee. Like I can sit there and go until I stand up and by gosh, I had to pee an hour ago and it's, it's these belt buckles are starting to become an issue. I yep. mean, it's like, Hey, I got to go right now. Yeah. It's not right now. It's five minutes ago. So maybe, maybe I'm headed back to the diapers too. I don't know. Hey. I just keep some around. I'm just saying, and to add to it on the whole hunting side, 10 years ago, I didn't have to, worry about this but now i have to make sure i have toilet paper in my pack because sometimes it ain't it ain't waiting i'm not pushing it back (laughs) right (laughs) you know it's time to go it's time to go no and you get you get to a certain age though you can't pass those up either (laughs) i mean that's that may, may be the highlight of a day. I don't know. This is this is a rabbit hole. You guys probably this is probably a first on here as well, isn't it? I don't know. Probably so. I will say this, and this this is the first time the the hunter or the here the listener has ever heard this from me. I I will say I can confidently say I still have yet to take any type of sky dump in my life. Yeah, same. I've heard that's a thing. I haven't sky dumped yet. 
I don't wish to ever do it, but you never know. <laughs> there might be come a time where that have you have you heard of the sky dump, Anthony? I, I am I'm putting two and two together and I think I can figure it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and I have not. Well, I hope you never have to worry about it. Yeah. I've heard I've heard people have had to do it before and I just I don't think I'll ever get myself in a situation where I can't make it fifteen foot down. But well, they they've got they they got themselves in a pickle, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Uh, it's possible. I've definitely yeah. taken a piss out of a tree before. That sure. that, oh, that has happened. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we all have. Are yep. we talking about a deer today? Or are we talking? About <laughs> so okay. So before we get into the hunting of this deer, kind of lay out the area that you're hunting them in, and you know uh, access what the layout of the, the the property is like that you were hunting and where you think he was most of the time, that sort of stuff. Then we'll get into the first year you started going after him. Okay, so the property, the area that he was in, you know, uh, like I told you guys before, I mean, I'm super fortunate and blessed to have a, a mecca of, of a farm. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's an awesome place. and uh, So access wasn't going to be an issue. Uh, got access clear around him. Um, where he was, was kind of in this corner. I mean, there's there's corn and there's food crops on each side of him but there's a wetlands uh reserve program area and if you can think of it he was kind of using an area that like a rectangle uh that lays you know southeast by northwest it's kind of where his main core area was and on this uh you know he was he was staying so he had bedding and there was a creek uh, along the south side kind of split where he was at so he had bedding uh, he was not bothered by anything. He had hardwoods, you know, acorns. He had grain fields all around him, uh, and then hardwoods, you know, with a with a really good travel corridor, and was not bothered. My access was 360. Oh, that's nice. That's really nice. I have a huge issue with where I hunt currently. Just getting in is not a big deal, but every time I come out, they're always out in the field. I, I have I have to yeah. walk through an alfalfa field with some corn. And they're just always out there in the evenings, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, it's become an issue. It's really not fun bumping deer. Yeah, and it's really not fun knowing you're going to bump them right. on the way out. Um, well, so so where we where this deer is, I mean, where we have it, it's it's almost like anywhere I go, I'm probably going to bump deer. It's just like uh, limiting the amount of damage yeah. and and having that having that the best access you can for that wind. Uh, but, you know, I also went in and brush hogged an area right to this stand, you know, so I, so I could actually, you know, uh, if you guys are familiar with wetlands, there's a, uh, like a borrow ditch, like an old slough is what I'd call it. And it had trees growing up on each, on each side of it, you know, younger growth, been there for 20 years. Uh, so I could actually brush hog on, you know, right down in there. Mm-hmm directly to the tree and the growth was tall enough i could get directly into my stand uh without being seen at all which is nice so as long as yeah. The, yeah as long as the wind was right uh everything was perfect so it's kind of that's that's kind of how it laid laid out you know uh you know a northwest by southeast rectangle is what i kind of narrowed him down to i mean if i look if i look back and it's just looking at what he did he didn't stray much from that and i would say if I was going to throw an acreage on it, um, probably not 60. Really? Really. Yeah. 
So he was a deer that, as he got older, obviously he's a mature deer. They don't get that size without being mature. Um, did you notice, and I'm kind of jumping ahead, but did you notice from 2020 to 21 to 22, his area getting smaller where you saw him more often? Um, uh, or did he kind of do the same stuff from year to year? Um, just because it sounds like to me, and this is just, I don't, you know, want to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like to me, you, you didn't have to worry about other factors other than the deer. You know, you had to worry about trying to kill the deer. So he probably didn't have much pressure on him other than you or whoever else might be hunting with you. But, um, compared to, let's say, like the rectangle you explained to us, let's say the very north edge of it was another neighbor that was after him, you know, so as he gets pressured over the years, his his core area gets smaller and smaller and smaller and, and potentially might be off of you. Um, sounds like you didn't have to worry about that factor as much, just him. Right, not saying that it didn't happen. Uh, sure. Not saying that he wasn't over on a neighbor or anything like that, but I would say what I what I would – think that he did this year compared to 2020 and 21 was focus more to the north um and and more in one area for you know actually saw just a glimpse of him and then my neighbor i'll get into the story my neighbor saw him uh a month ago i guess uh i guess one of those you know right right when they were shedding velvet Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like one of those deals it's like man i can't believe he's here but then he really kind of started focusing more to that that side of the of his home range you know he wasn't as far ranging he was more focused in that one area which was you know i had encounters with him there you know several times but it was like i didn't think he was there that early you know i mean we're talking august 20 or september 29th so i didn't think he was there that early so i thought that was a little different um there's another really good buck in there so i don't know if they just, you know, I had them on the same camera, but never mm-hmm. together. So I don't know if there was, uh, you know, deer have different personalities. I yeah. don't know if they just didn't get along or, or what the what the dynamics there were. But I did notice him move just a little bit more one direction a little bit earlier than I was uh, anticipating. So did he did he typically summer on you previous years as mm-hmm. well? So he- yeah, I've so the cameras the the pictures that I got in 2020, 21, and 22 are basically on the same in the same exact spot really so he would he would summer i mean you know i've got i've got areas on the farm that you know i put cameras there and then the deer are gone right you know, i just know i can get there in the summer and then our farm is it's diverse enough and large enough that there's other areas that you know i have cameras at now i just made a comment yesterday i don't even know i have a camera here right now because the deer aren't actually going to show up in that spot, the bucks anyways, for, you know, maybe another couple of weeks at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what's so, I, I need to forget about them, but I keep thinking about reptile. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like, I like to nickname my deer. So I'm the guy, Anthony, mm-hmm. that does it. Micah hates it. So he's with you. Yeah. I'm with your son. His name's not poop, yeah. but, um, there's a deer reptile. I was after all, all last year and he was, I mean, he was like clockwork all through the summer and then the property I hunt, they tend to kind of unfortunately they tend to kind of go away as the rut starts to ramp up but 
I haven't seen him at all this year, and I haven't heard him. I hadn't heard about him getting killed last year, and and we talked about this. You would have thought you would have heard about a deer like him getting killed. Yeah, because he was he was a good deer in that area. So it's just so weird, and not not just him, but I don't have almost anything on camera right now, as far as antlers go. So it's it's one of the weirdest years now where we are in Missouri. I'm sure you're the same way. It's been dry as shit um for quite I a think, while i think they got more rain they probably okay well we we have not yeah. been getting moisture and i don't know if it's just caused them to stay closer to water um which there's water 80 yards from where i hunt but whatever um you know i don't know what's going on there i really hope maybe there's a shift here in the next few weeks where <laughs> i start seeing more but that's got to feel pretty good when he's summering and you had a couple years uh, previous knowledge with him where you were able to kind of hunt him or at least know about him. So let's get into 2020, which is the first year you kind of took note. Is that right? Did you know him before yep. then? or it's, uh, I don't pay attention to like trail cam pictures or anything unless the deer is a certain size or like, you know, something obvious about yeah, yeah, something distinctive. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't keep them. I don't know how many, I just, you know, if it's, it's gotta be probably 140 for me to keep it, you know, and just to, to watch what they're going to do or something really like, Oh, you know, that's, that's something I need to look at. Uh, so in 2020, uh, I had a pictures of him in velvet and I thought, you know, man, he looks, he looks awesome. You know, I think, you know, I want to say he was like a six by six with some, extra trash you know i'd have to look back at the picture uh just a really really solid deer but not you could tell he wasn't mature right uh, i putting a score on him i you know just to kind of paint a picture i'd say upper 40s probably mm-hmm. somewhere in that somewhere in that neighborhood uh so i saw him i thought wow that's that's pretty neat deer and he was with there was another buck that i was hunting in that same year in there that I was actually, I'd found the sheds off of, and it was, he was a good deer, you know, close to, ended up close to 170. Um, so I didn't, I didn't hunt this deer that year. I was hunting this other deer that I, I actually did name, nickname that deer. So I'm kind of on the fence, I guess. I called him sleepy because every single time I saw that deer, he would bed down. Every <laughs> oh, time. Wow. And so I was like, that's a fitting name, you know, and I, I'm a firm believer that you, you know, you can find deer with trail cameras but you need to kill him with binoculars because that deer was in there all the time. And I had trail cams in there and I, I've got like two pictures of him max. I mean, like he was skirting those trail cams and so you just, you don't ever know what's going to show up. So I'm like, I'm about to throw the trail cams away, you know I mean? And that's because in my opinion, you need to get, get on a good set of binoculars and find these deer anyways. We right. were, We were just having this conversation about trail cams the other day. I'm I'm going hunting tomorrow night. Micah just went tonight. Uh, I'm going hunting tomorrow night on this property that I was just telling you about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because and that's with all all of what I just said. I don't have anything there. Blah blah blah. But just like you said, you don't actually know. And I don't I don't have really anything on that side of the property to tell me if there's something going on or not. So, I mean, that that buck uh, reptile could be there. I mean, he he could be there. Probably is. You never know, right? Right, uh, dude. I would, I'd be glad to text you tomorrow night. <laughs> a picture. Yeah, pro- probably is. I mean, think about it this way. You know, and I as you know, 
I've got little kids, but I mean, can you imagine, and you almost have to set an example right now. Can you imagine your little boy saying, I don't really want to go hunting. There's nothing on trail. There's nothing on, we don't have any pictures. Yeah, anything. no, I agree. I mean, you don't, you don't know what's there. You don't have any idea unless, you know, I use trail cameras to, to do an inventory, uh, make mostly actually for, you know, late season, just seeing what's coming up, look for sheds, you know, inventory that way. I, I, I like them. I enjoy them but I know that you're better off with a good set of binoculars and time in the woods because not only those trail cameras don't give you a, an example of that deer's behavior, you know, his, his attitude, his personality and those binoculars. I mean, they, you know, you can, you can see deer from a long ways without being invasive, whether it be from a truck uh, observation stand or just a stand that's on the fringe. This is kind of what I was doing on this hunt actually. And, and find the deer and then go after them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's basically my whole, my whole attack plan. So do you, so you do a lot of like, uh, you know, watching, looking, and then do you go in and actually hang a set and then hunt that way? Or do you have set yeah. stands and you still looking from a distance? You're like, okay, he's kind of getting close to that stand. I can hunt there. Or are you just making moves every time almost? So it varies. So in this particular uh, situation, I kind of knew what his home range was, obviously. So it was my my goal was to set up a stand um, that I could actually kind of hunt watching this creek bottom with a south wind that would be not invasive at all. And I do I did have a couple other stands set up in there, but I wanted to stay out of there. I wanted to be able to slide into this spot, you know, had that had the trails brush hogged, get in there and get out with not being seen. So in that area, I was basically, my plan was to, if I got eyes on him and move attack at that point. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, I wasn't, I had trail cameras, but they were set up a long ways, you know, like 400, 500 yards away. So it wasn't like I was really getting much out of them anyways. So, you know, I like to, you know, it's a, it's an evening and me and my little boy, Hey, let's go look for deer, you know, and what we drive around typically, you know, you're going to have to get off the beaten path to run into deer like this. You know, these five and six year old whitetail they are just most, most circumstances are not just hanging out, hanging the out road. by the road. Right. Yeah. Not until it's dark and you ain't seeing exactly. nothing anyways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So 2020, did you actually hunt him? No, he was hunting a different deer. That's, no, I, that's I what hunting, I thought I heard I him hunting, say. Yep. I was, I was hunting this other, this other buck. Um, so in 2020 I was hunting in this little woodlot and <laughs> I, this deer came in, this deer that I shot, he came in and his whole left side was broke right above the beam or right above the brow. I mean, it was snapped off. I know. And I, I know all about that. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I was just kind of like, I was like, man, he's a, obviously an aggressive sucker, you know? And so I just kind of, you know, so well, I'll see you in a couple of years. I remember having that thought. I was, you know, kind of doing a, whatever they call a hang and bang. And I was, you know, 20 feet in the air and just kind of, watching that, watching that woodlot, uh, ended up, uh, flash forward like the next week stalking that 170 inch deer and shooting right under him as he was bedded. Oh, I mean, right under him. Uh, I had a clear shot. I mean, everything was perfect. It would, and I shot right under him and one of my best friends and, and neighbor over there shot him uh, the following week, opening morning, a gun season, 
text me and say, hey, I got a pretty good one. I'm like, you asshole. I'm sure you did. (laughs) And and Uh, just so the listeners know, if they didn't catch on, you actually shoot traditional. You don't, you're not using a compound bow. So just for the listeners, uh, that's pretty, you know, that comes into a factor, I guess. Was it a cut? Was it a traditional back in 20 also? Nice. By the way, shout out to Black Widow. Yep. Um, That's what you shoot. Sure. And we would, we were talking about this, what, uh, Friday we were talking about it, how you can, you can get in just much trouble with traditional bows as you can compounds and and you know that the amount of money you can spend on a compound because there's so many options there's so many wood colors types um you know poundages and uh, how many do you own now is it four you said i have i have four uh i think miles is a marketing genius he's just like oh this is a pretty wood i'm like <laughs> okay i'll take yeah, it. yeah that is you know? yeah <laughs> no and, I, I agree and that's how it was and and to be honest, I mean, I've kind of got, I mean, that they're off, offering carbon limbs and they, they'll do whatever combination. I think the last bow I bought, Miles had built one for himself. And I was like, I want that bow, put a little bit more blonde in it. He's like, you got it, <laughs> you know, and it, I get it. I'm like, man, that's pretty awesome. But now it's like, uh, it just, there's so many options. And they, I, I really got tired of chasing the rabbit with the, with the compound. And, you know, I shot my, the last buck I killed with the compound was in 2000 and, 18 maybe uh shot him at 60 yards out of a muddy bull blind and i thought right then i thought you know his range shot broke hit him he fell over and i thought it's probably the last one i'm gonna shoot with this thing because i had missed that deer with that (laughs) with that recurve and uh i just i fell in love with it and so i actually had to sell my compound because there was no point having anymore i I wasn't i was fully addicted to the to the recurve that's awesome yeah, that's my biggest. I we talked about this. Me and me, Micah and Andy, we all kind of went way off the deep end on the coyote side of things. So my money went into the coyote hunting a little bit more than looking at the the recurve. But uh, my biggest problem is because I think between the three of us, I'm going to be the first one that gets one. I would guess probably because I'm already close to getting it. But anyway, I don't I don't know anybody in my circle of people that shoots a recurve and so the learning curve is going to be no pun intended uh is going to be probably harder for me just because i don't know anybody so i might have to just come see you sometime and just shoot with you for like a day you just teach me things yeah so so the thing about the the traditional community is there everybody's like open arms and there's actually a course because i mean i've got a good shop here and those guys shoot traditional and so, you know, they kind of taught me. It's the same thing with spine and all this stuff like that. But there's, it, it's pretty, it's a close-knit community. And there's a course that you can do online. Uh, it's called Solid Archery Mechanics. It's from uh, Tom Clum. And I think yeah. Push Archery, maybe, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. So those guys put it in. And Tom Clum, I think, owns uh, Rocky Mountain Specialty Gear in Denver. It's a really cool, really great shop. I've stopped in there uh, the last few years heading out to Elk Hunt. And, uh, so he puts this course on and it's, 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 you know, it will make you a hundred times better almost just by clicking start. Because I mean, at that point you're, you want to learn, you're you know, invested. And yeah. anywhere from your hook to your getting into your back and, you know, the different styles of shooting, what's comfortable with you to you. And I, the only thing that I regret about traditional archery is that i didn't start it 20 years ago 
Really? And, that, and I mean that 100%. Because, you know, I killed my first buck with a bow in 1996. I was 12 years old. And I just, you know, from then it was bow hunting, bow hunting, bow hunting. And so after, after you know, whatever, 26 years, or I guess at that point, like 22 or 23 years of it, it was getting, not saying that I've messed up more good opportunities on big deer than anybody I know by far. Like, I've really messed them up. But I will say getting back into this has just, I think it's made me a better hunter. Uh, it's put the love back into it. I mean, I see if I get a doe coming in shooting a doe, I'm like, man, that's awesome. Turkey hunting, that's awesome. Squirrels, yeah. I mean, anything, it's just it's just a lot more fun. I get so, it. To me. Up close and personal. Yeah. I mean, you, you I have mean, to be. Sure. What's the longest yep. range that you would feel comfortable taking a deer at with that thing? 25. Yeah. Yeah. 25. I mean, so. I mean, you got to be in. 25 yards is close. Yeah. I was ranging it stuff is, it today. Is, and, and, <laughs> and, I mean, I shoot, like I shot 15, I've shot 15 arrows before I went on this particular hunt for this deer. I shoot all the time. It's a perishable skill. And so you better have the time to, you know, to dedicate to it. Um, I mean, you owe it to the animal, obviously. And I mean, it's not something I take lightly. I mean, I practice all the time. It's still, you know, stuff happens. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a crossbow, rifle, uh, compound bow, or if you want to use a damn atlatl, stuff happens. Yep. You know, I mean, it's it's completely, completely uh, something. I, th- I think some, everybody should give it a try. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. And since this has happened, I mean, I've got a lot of buddies that are, hey, man, I got my got my recurve out today. I got my recurve. I was like, that's awesome, man. You know, if, if it gets one person into it, awesome. Yeah. You know? Is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? Pretty much. Is that a serious question, sir? <laughs> All right. So 2020, you saw them. Did you kill the deer you were after? No, you. The other dude did. I forgot you already said that. Yeah. Was, is that the one so you? Ni- is that sleepy? Was that sleepy? The, okay. So, so yeah. my buddy, my buddy Ryan McCoy killed this sleepy buck, and he was super heavy, super, super good buck, uh, 170 inch type deer, you know. So I was like, man, I just missed a 170 inch deer with my recurve, like. I suck. And I, I was going <laughs> like the, the lit there for a while. The list of deer that I could have killed if I had had a compound or at least felt like I could have, it's getting pretty long. Right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Makes you kind of go, Oh crap. What was I doing there? <laughs> but, um, for okay. Sure. So 2020 happened, obviously you saw him, um, thought, okay, I'll, I'll see you in a few years. What happened in 21? What was your uh, experience like with him then? And you don't even have to so talk about you, you can talk about leading into the season, you know, whatever what yeah, you were expecting, yeah. so all that stuff. 2021, I usually put out cameras uh, July-ish. You know, I mean, the, the growth is good enough and far enough along. You can actually tell what they are. Uh, put out the cameras, and he 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 blew up. I mean, he was he was actually got shed right here. Uh, he blew up into. Uh, the shed, I think, scores like 80, Shit. right at 80 inches. Wow. I mean, just just awesome. Damn. You yeah. know? Pretty clean, and too. Yeah. Just I mean, gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, just a really, really pretty shed. And the other side actually had a G3. His G3 had an extra tine right here. And so, I mean, his side profile is damned impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, decent mass. Nothing... Nothing outlandish, but definitely, I'd say above average. Oh, definitely, uh, yeah. I, when yeah. you're when you're showing yeah. something on a uh, webcam video, and I can still see the mass through it, I think that shows that they've got mass. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, does. so yeah, yeah. He was, 
he's he's a pretty good buck and he actually uh so i was i was pretty excited about him uh everybody a lot of my friends started calling him mr 200 and i i didn't think he was a 200 inch deer at that time i thought he's he was about what he was uh i was pretty excited and so it, it as the as the you know late summer got into fall i didn't really hunt him until it got cooler and i went down there and started i got eyes on him uh actually i think i want to say that my dad actually saw him one morning next to one of our blinds and like right next to one of our blinds and so i was like well i know the deer so i started i moved in on him and had some pretty decent encounters with him uh i could tell that he was a hell of a buck you know but were you actively hunting him or were you still like he needs one more year so you were after him this time He's 175. I mean, I, yeah. I was going to say, I mean, yeah. I see what's on your wall, but I still don't think I could let one like that pass. So, yeah, I was, I was pretty well after him. Uh, it's so he actually, and of course you get into the first of November, he'd actually on that, on his left side, it broke his G3, that extra tine and part of his G4. And but I didn't care. I mean, I was going to get it fixed. You know, I got buddy that's a good taxidermist. No, no, you know, no skin off my teeth. We'll be good. And so I kind of watched him and was and was fairly confident what he was doing. Uh, and a lot of times a buck will, you know, skirt around. And this is just I'd, – I'd seen what he was doing. He was using the same area that I was in, but it was closer to the creek. So he actually – that I, I moved in on him one morning, hung, hung the set the, the night before. And as I was hunting, I just kind of called it like, I, he's not, he's not going to come through here. I think I may have seen him go north – or something, something happened, but I, I knew he wasn't close, so I just hung the set real quick, you know, threw it 12 feet in the air, and went in there in the morning, the wind was going to be right. And a lot of times those deer will, will circle back and scent check maybe a scrape, but they'll J-hook into their bedding area so the wind, you know, get, yep. get in their face. I saw some legs, and I watched him, and he went, he went straight east of me and crossed this little, little, levee and came right back down to me and just like i mean picture perfect right and all year i'd been shooting at 25 you know 20 25 yards i just i felt i think i shoot there more often because i feel like i'm a better shot at those distances but then i would hang up hang all my sets to have 10 yard shots it doesn't make any sense at all it's stupid well, I mean, in your mind, and, you think if I can hit twenty-five, I can hit ten. Well, it's I mean, not the case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's not like you're the only person that's thought that, right? Like, I think right with us, like we shoot out sixty, seventy all the time with our compounds. Yeah, we shoot a lot less at twenty than we do there. Yeah, you right. know, because you were like, at ah, twenty is a chip shot, and I try to hang my sets where I'm thirty and in. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny we say that because actually this year elk hunting. Uh, Right before we went hunting, me and my buddy, Mike, uh, Britton, I made him shoot, and he's shooting a compound, and I made him shoot at seven yards. I was like, you need to shoot at seven yards. I was like, nobody practices here. You guys can shoot at 80 all day long. Nobody practices at seven yards. That next day, he shoots a bull at seven yards. Oh, wow. Panel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, you got you to gotta kind of pay attention to that stuff. So, uh, So this deer stops at 10 yards. Like he J hooks into his bedding area, stops at 10 yards. I draw, I anchor, I shoot. 
and I shoot under his heart. Just, just, you know, white hair under heart. He kind of does a little hop, goes out to 25 yards, and I'm like, oh, you're in my wheelhouse. I've already got another arrow knock. That's the thing about, you know, recurves, in my opinion, in the hands of somebody who is competent are maybe one of the most deadly weapons in the woods because they're quiet. You can take awkward shots. You can just take different shots with them. You can snap shoot. I mean, the average, and I don't, I don't know, I haven't shot one for a long time, but I'm going to say that the average compound, by the time you go through your draw cycle, uh, you anchor and aim, a quick shot's five seconds, isn't it? Oh, I would, yeah, I would say it's probably I mean, longer than I that, attempted, but yeah. I attempted to get a quick shot off last year in Colorado, and I needed another half second, probably. And if it would have yeah. been a recurve, the shot was at 20 yards. If it would have been a recurve and I was competent at it, I, the shot would have already been gone, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and, and I was pretty fast with it, I felt like. I mean, it's just it – it, it still is a process. You know, you can't uh, snap shoot like you were saying, which, by the way, we did when we went um, uh, bow fishing with our buddy Daryl. Yeah. We, he taught us how to snap shoot at him, mm-hmm. uh, which, mm-hmm. so you don't bury the barb in the, in the mud as badly. Right. That's fun. Like, you know, it's, uh, I mean, you're using, I guess they were compounds, weren't they? Uh, They're kind of like a hybrid type thing. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, not to get off subject on bow fishing, but, um, yeah, I definitely think I could see what it's at least a five second process unless you're super rushed, but then you're probably not going to make a great shot. There you go. Exactly. So it's, so I think I really feel like they're an absolute competent weapon. You know, they're they're no in no way, shape, or form in my eyes. And it used to be this way. It used to be like you know I'd have my phone. Oh, I'm hunting with my with my you know black widow. I'm hunting with my my recurve tonight. You know, now it's like that's what I'm. It's the only thing I have to use, and I think it's deadly. I mean, look at Fred Eichler. I mean, that guy is a that dude's a legend. You know, he kills everything. Yep. Uh, so hit the deer went out to 25 yards. I had already had another arrow. I, I drew back, and I hit him pretty dang good. I thought I hit the opposite shoulder. I thought I, I thought I killed him. He takes off. I get down. Uh, wait later in the afternoon to trail him, and nothing. Actually, end up jumping him. No blood. Uh, like the next, did you? Did you? There, there, yeah, oh yeah. There, there was blood. There was blood. There was. There was blood. I just wasn't. I just didn't know what happened. He crossed the creek, which obviously wasn't a good sign. I was, I just didn't know what happened. So I called my friend Brad Blankenship. He, uh, radical reflections taxidermy and has a, has a blood trailing dog over here from Palmyra. Okay. Right on the river. Yeah. Uh, and he brings out his dog and we trail him and we jump this deer just almost immediately laying, uh, laying on the edge of the creek. Somehow he couldn't see him. He jumps up and he is, he's moving slow. I mean, he's not moving fast, but he's, it's kind of borderline. It's like 50, 50. Is he going to die? Right. Uh, but he got out of there. And so we never, we didn't see him trailed him a little ways. Just couldn't find him. Ended up jumping him. I think the next day. And just at that point I was, you know, spent the next three days kind of looking, but nothing. Mm, that's uh, My suck. dad, my, no, oh, it was, it did suck. You know yeah. I mean? It's, you know, it's, it's that, <laughs> that deer right, yeah. right there that much. Yeah. And, uh, so, my dad actually saw him the next week from the road. Uh, there's a little spot, and he was had his binoculars, and he actually watched him chasing a doe. 
And he said, I don't think he's dying. I said, yeah, probably not. So I moved back in on him. Actually, I forgot all about this until last week. Dad told me about this. I thought he disappeared all year, but I actually hunted him again and saw him encounter, saw him have an encounter with another buck. And this buck was super aggressive. Like this year, again, he was broke up, you know, in 2021. You talking about the buck he he had an encounter with or? Him. The one you're hunting. Yeah, yeah. So, so this deer, remember I'd said that had broke his yeah, left side. Yeah, okay. And he had broken his left side the previous year too. So he was an aggressive deer. And so this other deer, as they had this encounter, the buck that I ended up shooting, he didn't want anything to do with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, he's like, I'm, I'm aggressive, but I'm, I'm hurting. And that was the last time I saw him. Mm. Uh, flash forward till 2000 or to 2022 this year. This March, March 29th, I think. Uh, so, hold on. Yep. So, finding his sheds had to be a big day for you. Yes, it Cause, was. Because, you know, like, especially after that uh, that encounter or that encounter you saw that him have with that other buck where he didn't want much of it, that had to give you pause to go, oh, shit. Like, is he is he going to die on me this winter? <laughs> you know, was that during the rut when you saw that encounter, I'm assuming? Oh yeah. So yeah, you know, tenth uh, of November. Is he gonna make it through this rut? You know, um, had to suck a little bit to see that. But finding that shed, and it uh, sounds like you found the other side too. Um, had to have been like, no, oh, I did. oh, you didn't. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't find the other side. Uh, it's hard. It's probably out there somewhere. Had to be a good day for <laughs> you when you were like, oh. yeah. And yeah, it wasn't so attached to a skull. Right. <laughs> for sure. So yeah. my dad told me, he said, uh, let's go look for his sheds again, you know, or look for the deer at that point even. You know, we're still we're still looking either for a carcass or a shed. And, and so we're actually walking, no joke, 100 yards from where I ended up shooting him. And I just kind of look up. And we I find a lot of sheds. I mean, you know, 50 or 60 a year anyways. Oh, I mean, that's what Jesus. I like to do, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's fun. We, we get after it. Um, so I look up and I just see this picket fence laying up on some, on some reeds, canary grass. And I'm just like, you know, awesome. There, there, there the shed is. I picked it up. It was in the sun. I could tell it has been bleached, but I knew it hadn't probably been there that long. It's right. not like it, like he would have lost it in December or anything like that. It looked like it had been dropped late February, in my opinion. Uh, checked out the pedicle. Everything was clean. So I'm thinking this deer's probably alive and this probably fine. <laughs> So that was that was a good day. Now, did you have a did you have a thought in the back of your mind before you started seeing trail cam pictures of them this year, wondering, okay, I injured him last year. Is he going to go downhill on me? Or you know, you know how they talk about if a deer gets hit in the right arm or the right shoulder, right. sometimes yeah. the opposite side sucks. You know, did you have all that stuff racing through your head, going, okay, if I injured him? Let's say if I injured his shoulder, is his right side going to suck next year or whatever? Did that run through your mind? Yeah. So, yeah, it did. Yeah. And, I mean, not not to the point where it was like, oh, I'm not going to hunt this deer. I'm just thinking, oh, he's alive, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I shot him on the left side. And it's actually his right his right side, as they do, has a little, I don't know, it just it's heavier at that point, you know. I mean, That's it's crazy. Like, it's more, more gnarly. Uh because Micah, yeah, so, did, I mean, I have was, you told? Do you want to say this thing about yours? Well, I have a deer that I'm pretty sure. I had pictures of him last year, and he was probably in that 170, maybe touching 180 class. And I'm 
and I never had any encounters with him. I just had a few pictures no, he, of yeah. trail and a buddy that hunts a little further down the way. He had some pictures of him too. But anyways, I have a this year I have a deer that lost its leg, like its back it's his back right leg, like right below the knee, and I'm pretty confident it confident it's the same deer and the his antlers have just it's the gnarliest thing i've ever seen you know oh, I'll, sh- I'll show you pictures of it later whenever we stop recording but his left side really resembles a lot of what the deer i think he is last year but his right side is just the gnarliest got all kinds of junk going on and you know <laughs> it, it's just crazy looking but crazy. He's probably dropped, what would you say, 20 inches at least? He's dropped a lot of as a result. that, and he doesn't look healthy. So no. I don't I, yeah. mean, I don't know if he'll make it or not. But And I don't know when the injury happened. I mean, he just showed up on trail cameras, and he's got a nub. So I don't know if he, maybe he got shot over, you know, over the season last year, and he just mm-hmm. was able to make it or, you know, coyote. I have no idea. I just know this nub, and it just looks similar to the one yeah. we had previous. Oh, In my opinion, it's like 99% positive it's him. Right. But it's just interesting how, you know, that in, now his injury obviously was severe if he lost an entire leg. I mean, yeah. something happened to that yeah. deer. Um, right. But so it's pretty cool that, you know, that first set of trail cam picks you started getting um, – he got bigger. <laughs> well, but I didn't think he did. Okay. I really didn't. So so when I put out the cameras in July, me and the family went out there, hung the cameras. Uh, Ten days later, went and checked them. You know, click, 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 boom, there he is. And I was like, well, he looks pretty good, but, you know, did he grow? You know, and that's one of the things I really didn't think he did. I Showed a couple buddies, and they're like, yeah, you know, looks like he's pretty heavy. It's like, okay, yeah, I think he's pretty heavy, too. I didn't really think he grew. I thought he was still, if anything, you know, 175, 180-inch deer, big deer. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I thought he was pretty cool. Uh, just kind of prepared to hunt him just because of all the history. There was another deer with him that was really good, not with him, but in the same area, and I was just hoping – if he wasn't going to show up before, because he was a hell of a buck too. Uh, so I just prepared to hunt, you know, as the season approached and kind of came up with a plan of how I was going to do it. Set up a small food plot and we did get dry right after I planted that food plot. I shouldn't have, you know, that's just par for the course. But I made up this little food plot on the south side of the slough just to prepare for a south wind and maybe kind of draw him out put something as just a green food plot you know brassicas or whatnot in there uh or some kind of collard green mix i think it was and it didn't really grow we didn't get any rain so that's that was up to then so that was uh august middle of august and i was just kind of ready at that point to for the season to come around and you know we we had at that point had uh, three three land had a land auction September first, September eighth, September fifteenth, and so I knew September fifteenth was going to be tough to hunt. I was leaving September sixteenth to go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. The, mor- the morning of the fifteenth, uh, been fighting this sciatica bulge disc and it's just kicking my ass. And so I was going to Columbia to get a shot, and so I couldn't hunt the morning, couldn't hunt the evening. And leaving the next day for Colorado, so I broke down my bows and 
was ready for that trip. Hmm. So get to Colorado, have an awesome hunt. You know, my buddy Mike kills a bull. Uh, had an absolute ball out there. We were playing uh, that Fred Bear, by, you know, Ted Nugent song, the Fred Bear. Oh, Fred Bear, you know, as it goes. <laughs> yep. He had never heard it before. And so we were jamming all the way out to Colorado. Had a hell of a hunt out there. Uh, and then get back. I knew when I got back that I was going to basically have to climb into a combine just almost immediately. I did. I started cutting beans on, got back Sunday, started cutting beans uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Early, earlier morning before the beans had dried off on Tuesday, uh, my son Larkin and I grabbed a stand, headed down to the, uh, to that slough, to that wetlands little Nabarro ditch. Dad had already, you know, mowed the path back to it for my access while I was gone and hung the stand real quick, about eight feet off the ground. Uh, finished trimming it up on Wednesday. I looked at the weather that, you know, obviously in the afternoons, I'm cutting beans, look at the weather on Thursday and we're going to have a South wind. So I would be able to hunt that stand. And, you know, I, I left my wife at home with a, you know, six month old and a just turned three year old for the last 10 days. So I wasn't like, Hey, I'm going hunting every day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you got to pick your battles there at that point. For sure. Yep. For sure. So that, that kind of leads us up to that Thursday. Uh, you guys have any questions up to that point? No, no. It's good. I mean, like the south wind thing, that's the time to hunt them is before the fall really hits hits because, as you know, when fall really hits, we get predominantly north winds, and that's something me and him have always struggled with with two properties we hunt. They are really set up for south winds. Yeah. yeah. So we have to get creative with like tomorrow when i go it's going to be a northwest wind i believe i'm going to have to get creative with how i get in there and which stand i'm hunting isn't necessarily the stand i want to be in but i can't hunt the other one so man you know south winds love them and the only problem is they just they don't be they become less prevalent as the season goes on so Late September, when because I, I, well, you killed him on the twenty eighth or something, twenty ninth, twenty is when I shot him. Yeah, 30th. so um, that you know, at least it's more doable then, which is kind of yeah. Nice. And I've always, I've had to rethink, and I'm starting to rethink my whole uh, the last twenty six years of uh, thought process because as I get older, it's like you know, I spend way more time in the combine, obviously working and with kids, yeah. just every life and life in general. Yep. You know, I used to be like, oh, I'm just going to wait till late October. Well, then you get to hunt like three times, maybe. Right. You know, it's, it's like, so I'm thinking now, it's like, well, especially on maybe some of these bigger deer, they're so patternable. I mean, I've always known that, but, man, I'm just taking advantage of the, the time I, I can. Right. You know? So I saw that I saw that south wind coming, uh, finished up a little part of the farm, and it was 4 o'clock-ish. Uh, without, I didn't really want to move, you know, take off the head and move to another part and start going. I figured I'd just get a fresh start on Friday. And so I came home and I just had that, just an urge, like, man, I really need to go hunting. And there's I still, really what, by the there. time you get home, there's still three and a half hours left in yeah. the day. So at that time, I basically, I left the house at like 4.45, you know. And while I was in Colorado, I mean, I did, I do have, it's kind of a dichotomy. I got cell cams, you know, traditional hunter and cell cams. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, why not? Uh, 
<laughs> so I this I got two pictures while I was gone of him, and both at night, and maybe that's what fired me up because it was like, oof, you know, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, of course, he's facing away. Of course, that always makes him look bigger. But oh yeah, like, they look giant looks, whenever they're walking away. Yeah. Yeah. He looks real good. So I was like, man, I, I just felt like I needed to go. So I came home and I felt guilty about leaving because I'd been gone. And, you know, Amanda was like, go. And I'm like, well, she's like, just go, you know, just like <laughs> stop being stupid, go. And so I grabbed my bow, uh, took like 15 shots. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, like a Honda Grom. Like it's a little, uh, I know it's like a little street. That's like yeah. a little street bike. It's like a yeah. like a mini crotch rocket type deal. I took one of those and put knobby tires on it. Took the fenders <laughs> off and put. Uh, it's like almost like like an adventure bike, you know. Put panniers on the back with a <laughs> rack and I got boxes and it looks ridiculously stupid, but it's awesome. Uh, so I strapped my recurve on the back and fire up the old. I call it the Grom Reaper now. <laughs> and I, I fly back there. And, and down down and around and, and get to where the, the path is brush hogged park the bike hop on there you know grab 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 everything i needed and start walking down this brush hog path and i got to this certain spot and i looked over just looked straight east of me and there's a little patch of trees like also on one of those borrow ditches in this wetlands for some reason i don't know what it was i just I looked over there and I said, you son of a bitch, you're in there. I just knew he was. I have no idea why. I just had a feeling. And walk walk on down. Access was good. Wind was southeast. Uh, get up in the stand. And I'd had I'd cut some br- the branches that I'd trimmed out in front of me where I was expecting this 8 to 10 yard shot in the food plot. I took those branches and put them in the, in the floor of this uh, – lone wolf tree stand and i sat there and you know obviously run operate a business so my phone rings a lot right uh had a phone call from a client and got to visit him with him talked to him for you know 15 minutes and i saw a guy on facebook it actually posted he's like uh dumb luck takes a phone call on a tree stand then kills and then kills a giant deer just dumb luck <laughs> i'm like it's exactly what it was I mean, that's exactly what it was. So yep. he's right. Uh, so I hang up with a guy. As soon as I hang up, I hear, ch, 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 ch. I'm just, ch. and it's not like I'm sitting there, hey, you know, how you doing? Buddy? Right, <laughs> trying to be so, discreet about it. Discreet, you know. And I hear this, these leaves getting raked, and uh, where this is, it's an ox, kind of an ox bow. And there's sycamores lined, and, you know, young growth, 20-year-old growth with cedar trees and warm season grass all around it. This oxbow is uh, kind of bows around to the north. Uh, so <laughs> I look and this, the sun is shining on this huge body. And I see the, the, the rack in the trees and I, I, I got one of those marsupial bino harnesses and I flip it down and I look and I can see this G3 just right there. And, you know, I'll tell you guys, everybody may, you know, may think whatever they think about this but I, I had two thoughts one of them was damn i'm good because i figured him out I, I mean and i don't mean that in no nope. arrogant way i understand confident I mean, I way figure, man yeah i yeah, mean I you can, got I him can, on your wall to prove that you know what you're doing 
Yeah, I, I can figure out deer. Like, I can figure out big deer. I may not always capitalize on it, but damn it, I'll figure them out. So I thought, damn, I'm good. The second thought was, oh, shit, here we go again. And <laughs> because, that I mean, those, those are the two different thoughts. It's like confidence and no confidence, you know, just like, ugh. And it's like having a little so, good angel on one shoulder and the bad angel on the other. Oh, that one yeah. that one on my right shoulder is like, you stupid bastard, you're going to mess this up so bad. You, you know you are, you yeah. know. And uh, so he he was making this scrape, and I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, he's going to he's gonna come out of here, and he's going to stop right out there in that food plot. You know, I'm eight feet in the air, and this is going to be perfect. I trimmed up perfectly for that. This is going to be killer. And he takes his sweet time and comes a little bit further, makes another scrape. And I lose complete sight of him at that point. And we're talking at this, he's last time I saw him, he's at 50 yards. And so I'm looking and just, you know, bouncing, you know, almost dancing in the tree stand, but at, but not moving, you know, just trying to kind mm-hmm. of get away. Cause the sun's at my back and it's casting a shadow, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to have the sun in his face, but I mean, they'll still pick it up. Right. Same time. So, you don't want to be dancing in a tree, just like you were saying. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was looking at the next thing, next time I see him, he's like 30 to 35 i see his feet at that point i realize this isn't good because he's not going to come in this really bad food plot he's going to come he's literally almost walking in the water he's going to get on this trail that we'd brush hogged and take the path of least resistance clear up to this cornfield to to feed for the night you know and so i'm looking at this tree and i'm like i can't and all the branches, I got stobs to where I'd trimmed. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good shot. I mean, it's not awesome by any stretch of the imagination. And so he stays at this this last scrape at 30 yards for like, felt like days, but it was probably three minutes. And I remember my buddy Brett Wilkerson had texted me when I first got there. He's like, are you in the game tonight? And I was like, well, I feel like I'm in the game. I said, I feel like I'm within a half mile of him, you know. And so I'm, I'm almost wanting to text him and I'm wanting to take videos and, you know, just, right. you know, at that point I, I put everything away and it's game time. And so he, when he decided that he was going to come by, you know, I was ready. I had my feet, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I had my feet, everything was square. When he decided to come by, it was like, and here he comes. And I just hooked and I leaned. I picked a spot and I was just, I didn't think anything was going to hit a, uh, uh, you know, branch that I had trimmed or anything. I mm-hmm. thought everything was going to be good. I knew he was going to get southeast of me and then the game was going to be over. And then, then what, you know? Right. Could be the last time. Could be the last time. And I, I just, Drew anchored actually picked the spot, and I heard that you know that that you know like what well, that pop, and I, I was just like oh, got him again, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Seems and, familiar. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully this one especially, works. Especially yeah, especially the next parts. So he takes off running off, and he gets out there, and I'm I'm just expecting him to tip over, you know, and. He goes about 150 yards uh, southeast of me, 
and just stands there hunched up. And I was like, Shit. I know what that means. Yep. Shit. Exactly. I mean, if it's liver, he's going to die, but yes. not what you would prefer. Yeah. No, I mean, I wanted him to tip over. I mean, that's why I was practicing. I mean, it's right. not, you know, it, it didn't go down the way I wanted it to. Right. But things happen. Right. You know, and I firmly believe, and I've said this, a person with a compound, a person with a crossbow does not get that deer killed at that moment. They just don't. He came by me in such a way and at such a spot. The only time that somebody does is at 50 or 60 yards when I first saw him. Right. That's the only time that they would have got that deer shot. Did you stop him or was he stopped? He was – to be honest, I, no, I, I don't. I didn't stop him. He was just so slow, just kind of, just like almost like he just kind of like like that. And I just picked his spot and just released. Yeah, right. Like take a step, sit there, take another step. Yeah, just a yeah, slow. Just kinda, yeah, just slow. But almost he was almost in the water, which I think he might have been in the water just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was slow. I mean, it was super slow. I was super confident with the shot. I was score. Right. You know, and so I'm standing over there and just get sick you know just like i watch him with my binoculars he stands there for 15 minutes hunched up and then kind of walks off to where i can't see him anymore so i make a couple phone calls uh call my buddy brad call my buddy my buddy brad that tracked us that helped me track him the year before he answers the phone and he doesn't say anything but seriously (laughs) (laughs) like i was like yeah well did you get him I told him what happened. He's like, oh, dude, you know, and I'm like, you know, I said, I think he's going to die. I mean, I've, I've shot a lot of deer. I think he's going to die. And, and I've, I've told people, I said, I caught that, that night, you know, I called my dad, obviously, and told him all about it. And he's, he was all fired up. But that night, I called people who, A, know deer very well, and B, who were positive people. I didn't want to hear anything. Because <laughs> like, I was probably, you were probably being negative enough. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 100%. I didn't think this deer could be killed. And so I had a plan, and Brad told me, you know, he's tracked, I don't know how many deer, and he, he told me, he said, wait until one tomorrow to go in after him. I got to cut beans. Like, I can't go in at one. <laughs> yeah. No. And so 1030 rolls around. I called my buddy Adam. Uh, he gives me his Raven crossbow and I was like, I'm not too proud at this point. I'm like at all. I wanted it, wanted want it over with the compact with the, with the recurve. It's over. I, I owe it to the deer. If I see him at 60 yards and have a clear shot and he's struggling, it's, it's time for that. Raven. Put him down and yep. for sure. And so he kind of coached me through on how to work it. Man, those are quite the contraptions to tell you. Yep. And so dad and I went in there and Went to where he was standing, nothing. And I actually, we walked straight west to where I shot him the year before, nothing. I told Dad, I said, why don't you go 30 yards north and let's work our way back east. And I, I went on the creek, I mean, exactly where I shot him the year before, and walked that same damn path and got that same feeling of sickness, just sick. I was looking in the creek and just looking all around and singing that damn Fred Bear song, you know, oh, Fred Bear, you know, just had my head. And I'll just always remember that because I'll, I'll get I'll get to the next part of the story here in a second. But uh, I'm just expecting to see this deer laying there. Right. 
Oh, I know there's a little peninsula where the creek makes it a hard turn and it's thick up there. So I walk up there and I say a prayer as I get up, you know, walking. I'm just like, please, God, just let me find him. Like alive or dead, I don't, you know, just let me find him. I said, this, so you didn't, not ha- knowing is- you didn't have any blood, nothing? Nothing. At this point, it was a search party. Okay. It wasn't a tracking job anymore. It was just searching. Okay. And I had no more said, you know, that little prayer and just kind of, oh, Fred Bear is still singing that song. You're elk hunting, you smell. You can smell you those smell stinky elk. suckers. Yep. Boom, I smelled. I look up, there he is bedded at eight yards. And then I said some words that don't go into prayer ever. <laughs> um, I grabbed an arrow and I shot him. And he got up and I put one through his heart. He fell in the creek. I can hear him thrashing down there. Uh, I'm like yelling for dad, give me the crossbow, give me the crossbow, get the crossbow. So you shot him with your, cross. you shot him with recurve. your tradition. Recurve. Okay. Yep. Recurve. Yep. So I, I get the crossbow in my hand though. Cause by gosh, I can hear, I don't think he's, I don't think he's alive, but a, I'm Winchester. I mean, I am, I got no more arrows in my quiver at all. Right. And so he brings, he brings the crossbow and I, I figured out how to load it. And I look in there, he's he's floating in the creek dead. And that's when it was just like, okay, take take a breath. This yeah, is Take over. a breath. Yeah. Oh, shit, now but he's a, floating away. He's <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, I can't believe he's still alive. Um, B, it's over. And then, you know, getting down there and being able to share that experience with my dad of, you know, everything he's done for me. You know, when he, it was just, it was, it was awesome. He was just like, you got to be kidding me. Just, he just couldn't believe it. And so we get the deer out of the water and I'm just sitting there just like, he's so much bigger than I ever thought. I mean, by far. Um, he's call some people. He's definitely, uh, he's definitely got some size. <laughs> yeah. 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 So call and, and as far as body body wise, he was giant, biggest deer I've ever seen, uh, huge. And so we, you know, call call some people to get help. Uh, my buddy Ryan comes, get him up out of there, and it's just like still surreal. And you know, Layden comes and takes some pictures of it, still surreal. My wife's kind of wondering why I haven't been home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I sent her pictures and everything. She just she's kind of like, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's my the wife funny, too. The, yeah. Are you well, done? So are you done is, now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The funny story is I got a good friend, David Wilt. Uh, he owns North Missouri Land Company in in Macon. There, uh, you know him and I are really good friends. And he killed a deer a couple of years ago, two hundred inch made Frank ten, just giant deer. Okay. And uh, so <laughs> Amanda, she's like, so how does it compare to David's deer? And I called David, you know, and. and as soon as I got this deer on the ground, because he was wanting to know if I'd got him, he knew all about him. I was like, he, he's actually a lot like David's deer. And they are. And she's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that puts it into perspective for her. So that was, that's really kind of the sum of the hunt. And, and then all hell breaks loose after that, to be honest. Yeah. That's what I bet the last, uh, what, three weeks was today's date? Yeah. Have been yeah. a whirlwind. Uh, yeah, because like I said, I mean, we don't know you um before well friday and uh i don't remember even where i saw it to be honest at first um 
I think actually there I'm gonna was. I'm going to guess Missouri Big Bucks on Facebook. Somebody put it on there. Maybe. Like I had. Yeah, I don't. I had put. You know, somebody put it on there, and that's when it. That's when it. Well, uh, actually, I bet honest. I saw it on because I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm friends on Facebook with Layden. Uh, oh, okay. And so that's might have where I, I can't. But honestly, I don't remember because yeah. there was some confusion between the three of us on which deer we were talking about because there was another big deer killed around the same time as yours. Right. And mm-hmm. um, blah blah blah. We were like, Mike is like, which one are you talking about? I'm like, I'm talking about the one. Um, with the Black Widow bow in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, okay, no, that makes sense. So, I mean, yeah, just a crazy time for you. Um, but go back to when, you know, you saw him dead in the creek and you were able to pull him out. Um, I always like to ask the question, what was running through your head when you finally got to, like, lay your hands on him? What was going through, um, especially, you know, last year and this year, the – just kind of feeling like, like you said, will this deer die? I mean, does he die? Yeah. <laughs> Do you it's, bleed? It's, what is that? Is yeah. that Superman? Uh, I can't remember what movie it's that kind is. Of, but. It was, yeah, it was kind of, kind of, uh, you know, I take it, well, I mean, I, I got this painting over here. It's like, thank you, God. I don't know, you guys may have seen it. It's it's the guy kneeling next to this deer. Uh, I think I know which one I'll you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I haven't hung it up yet. I've had it forever. I mean, it's... Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that. I've seen that one. Yeah, i got to find that. That'd be perfect yep. for Dan. So, Des McCaffrey, it's... Thank, Des, Des McCaffrey's the artist. Thank you, God. And it was like that. I mean, it was like... Uh, you know, you hunt for... Been hunting, bow hunting 26 years, and you see this... You, I mean, I messed up more big deer than anybody I know. But then you have this buck of a lifetime. I mean... Is is he the biggest one to date for you? Yeah. Shit, what yeah. do you think? He's yeah. shooting like 250-inch well, deer? I don't know, <laughs> man. He's got some really good ones on the wall. I just want to make sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. I mean, I've got I've got, I've got some, I've killed some really good deer. Uh, but he's just a different category. I mean, yeah, right. You know, my, me and, me and uh, my buddy Brett, we're always like, we call them oh shit bucks. You know, you see, you got good bucks, and you got oh shit bucks. Good and, buck. Oh shit! <laughs> like yeah. there's a big and, difference. And yeah, there is, and there is, and so I just put my hands on him, and it was just like the mass was just like, yeah, you know, I, this deer right here's got like 40, 44 inches of mass, super heavy, and that this, uh, I did want to know how much mass he had. He has almost forty seven inches of mass. Yeah, yeah, and the mass really comes just, through in the photos, which is really hard sometimes to tell. Which in photos. <laughs> It, it, which it doesn't. <laughs> my, which... my buddy Mike, my buddy Mike was like, he's like, he's so much heavier than the pictures even. Wow. Give him credit for. I and, believe uh, it. So my my emotions were, you just can't, you know. It was just wow. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's what I've been working for. It's but you know, you know when I started when I started shooting the the recurve, my standards didn't change. You know, it was still needed to be a big mature deer um, for what I prefer, what I want to do. The emotions of it were, I mean, I'll, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I get to thinking about it, the whole thing is, you know, shoot. Sometimes I just shake my head. I mean, outdoor life calls, does an interview field and stream. And I'm looking at, you know, late, what Layton and those guys put on North American whitetail. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
Like what? Freaking Missouri uh, Woods and Water <laughs> reached out to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I have I'm made sorry. it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Uh, no, I'm just messing uh, around. I'm, so, I'm self-deprecating yeah. is what I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it is, and, and all jokes aside, it's flattering. It is. You know, and I, I appreciate it. I mean, it's it's awesome. I'm damn proud of the deer. Uh, but if I tell you, I'm not going to sit there and be all manly and say that I haven't looked back on it. And there's not times where I get a little knot in my throat. Thank oh, sure. It. Right. I mean, because yeah. it was, it's awesome. Yeah. No, there's, there's certain uh, achievements, let's say, you make in life that, uh, you know, I'm not scared to admit that I've gotten worked up over. I mean, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, this deer, which very well could crest 200 inches, might not be any more important than the first deer you ever killed with a recurve or the first buck you ever killed when you were 12 years old or the first time you did something with your dad. Like, those all mean the same, and it doesn't change as you get older. You know, honestly, I mean, there's a deer hanging on the wall right over there that isn't 60 inches that my son killed his first deer, his, his first buck last year. And, uh, means a lot. It meant a lot to me. I mean, I pretty much For cried, sure. cried in the middle of recording a show. So you don't think <laughs> I did that, you know, off, off air ever. It's so, you know, I mean, that in my opinion, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not less of a man because you, you get excited about something no. and get emotional that I just think it's, uh. You know, some people uh, show emotions differently, and I get, you know, I get uh, my kids. My kids definitely get me more than anything. Uh, oh yeah, but uh, I'd love to cry in first my, bull I kill, but apparently it's <laughs> never going to happen. Yeah, so, yeah. But. I think uh, I think my uh, my dad is, you know, looking back. I think he was reading that article. I think North American Whitetail. My mom was like, "Yeah, that got your dad." And I was like, "Him and I are a lot alike. It's like we like to see people succeed." I mean, you know, it's like I hate to even watch the Mighty Ducks at this point in my life. I just don't know. You know, <laughs> I was like, I like to see people succeed. And I killed, I killed a hell of a good bull with my recurve in 2019, like right after my, you know, young oldest son was born. I mean, I killed a good five by five in Colorado, big five by five, really. Uh, so I had success with it. I knew it's, you know, but it's, this is just, this is on the family farm. This is, yep. It's just a special deal. Means yeah. I got to share it with got to share it with some really special people. Uh, my buddy David, you know, he he came out. All my friends, Brad, Brad. I mean, everybody came and to to look at the deer. And everybody, for the most part, is pretty happy for me. I think <laughs> I think everybody is. You yeah. Know? Uh, but I, back to this, I'll, I'll tell you this deal with this Fred Bear real quick. It's kind of a, a weird deal. So that that song. I mean, as I was talking about, oh Fred Bear, you know, walk with me, and that you guys know the song. Right. Um, so my buddy Brad, when he comes to, to, I cape the deer out, he, he wanted to come and get it off the head and he brings a friend with him. And this is the weirdest thing. This, this, this kid is, I think his name is Tanner. I'm just pretty, pretty certain of it. And I could think of his last name. Uh, but he, he's like looking at this deer and he's like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is, this thing is unbelievable. And, we're in my we're in my barn, and he grabs the rack and he rolls it over, and there is the best tattoo of Fred Bear on his forearm. So it's like right there, and I'm just like, whoa! <laughs> I was like, freaky. Hey, I said that's Fred. Bear. I said that's Fred Bear. 
He's like, yeah. He's like, you're like the fourth person to recognize him. I'm like, of course. I mean, I've got his field notes right here. I read them to my son, you know. I was like, that's awesome. I was like, well, here's the, you know, now I was telling about that song. So oh, it's just yeah. like it was it was so it was so cool. It was like almost a little freaky, you know, to see him roll his arm over and there's Fred Bear right there. I was that's like, oh, that's awesome. that's definitely a little help. <laughs> Very cool. What a story too, man. I mean, uh, it would have been a story just because of what he is. And then uh, I didn't know about the 2021. You actually uh, shot him. Like, and yeah, he makes yeah. it. That's crazy. Yeah. So uh, even yeah. turned into a really cool story on top of it, even if it was just a, a regular, you know, awesome deer. But kind of kind of changes when, you know, I mean, I think most of us dream of killing that type of deer. And whether he... I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit on Friday, whether he crests 200 or not, which I'm not, you know, honestly, once, once they get like 180 plus, I suck at guessing. Yeah. Like I'm, no I'm good at saying, Hey, that deer is 155 and I, I bet I could be close. And Micah is really good Same. at it too, but 180 plus I'm like, I don't know. That's huge. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you know. and that's. That's exact same with him. I mean, you look at him and I've, you know, I've had people just grab him. I mean, there's, I've had people guess, most guesses are 210. I've had people guess higher. I've had people say 195 and it's like, yeah, he's pretty big. Just a number at this point. I don't right. care. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, you could, I guarantee you that you can grab a hold of him and say, damn, that rack weighs a lot. Right. You know. That's awesome. It does. Where do you go from here? Do you have anything else on camera that you're going to go after after, you know, obviously you got to wait till rifle or after rifle season before you can punch a tag again, but you got anything? I'm looking. Looking? Oh yeah, I'm looking. I've uh, I I got a deer in mind and I told I told my group of buddies I was like I said I'm going to I'm going to shoot a great big typical from 700 yards. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and just just to kind of dance around it, you no, know, but uh, you know I don't have anything like just immediately like just kind of jumps out at me. I'm right. always about next year, mm-hmm. and I'd really like to. Yeah, I mean, I'd obviously like to shoot a big mature whitetail during gun season. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push it too hard. I'd rather see what next year brings, and right. You know, always looking for that. Kind of playing with house money at this point, honestly. Yeah. You know. Yeah, a little bit, but it but it doesn't. I mean. I'm going to get out and, you know, shoot a couple does, uh, get out and do some management in that, in that aspect and just look forward to what's coming up. I'd really like to, you know, my goal is like one of these years to kill like a 145, 150 inch gnarly old eight pointer. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's one of those run, running around. So try to get after him something. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Very cool. Well, Andy would say the same thing if he was here, but he's still cutting beans apparently, or not beans. Yeah, yeah beans. I think they're on beans right now. Um, but uh, he would say it. Mike and I, congratulations on a freaking beast. Um, Thank you. One of my favorite deer I've actually ever seen a picture of. I, I, we've seen all kinds of big deer. Actually, we've we've held 200-inch deer in our hands now, yep. which is really cool. Um, but this one is just, when I saw the pictures, I was like, we got to do that one. Yeah. That, that a, lot, is, a lot of character. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's, he's, that's one thing about him. I mean, the mass, um, uh, he's, he's got it all. He really does. And it's not, 
you know, he's one of those deer that's you just you just can't really draw on that like that. You right. Know? I mean, it, you know, when I was I spent more time when I was younger and in school and sketching, drawing deer and stuff like that. And you just I've probably drawn this deer a hundred times, <laughs> you know, but it always looked always didn't look real. Uh, and a lot of people have asked me, you know, when he was coming in, did you look at his rack? And I, I, I remember once looking at his rack. I do. And I immediately looked down. Yep. So it's yeah. like the sun. No don't more looking. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't, don't look at it. I don't have a massive erection already. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to say it. I had to say it. I had to say it. Uh, all right. Well, Anthony, congrats, man. Uh, and have fun probably having more of this stuff go on the next few weeks in a month. It's one of the cool parts about getting to kill a world-class deer. You get to do stuff like talk to outdoor life and, yeah. you know, that sort of yeah. stuff. So uh, congrats to everybody or congrats to Anthony and good luck to everybody else and good luck to you the rest of the season as well. Yeah. We appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same to you guys. I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. Hope everybody has a great safe season and, you know, best of luck. And no more falling for a little guy. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, probably not. Make sure you go see those guys. If you are interested in it, go see those guys at Black Widow. They'll get you set up and then, You'll think it's pretty, and then and then you'll you'll look again and think, oh, that one they just posted is pretty too. <laughs> I pro I promise you, when I buy mine, it'll be a black widow. It's just a matter of when yeah. I do it. So, all yeah. right, Anthony. Well, we'll talk Enjoy. to you later, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you. Thank you, Anthony. We appreciate your time tonight, sir. That was just an absolute awesome story. Uh, we're glad you uh, you came on the show and you know shared that with us. That was a great show, man. Great show. Yeah, huge freaking deer dude i'd freak out if i had i've never been in seen that caliber of deer like in, and actually a, been able in, to hunt it like alive or, right yeah. alive we've and, held a few now dead yeah, ones i've seen you know i've held them i've seen them on the road or some situation like that but never have i been in a situation where we're like that deer's a giant and i actually have permission to hunt him i've had big deer on camera before but nothing of that caliber that's just crazy so we yep. really appreciate anthony coming on and uh telling that story you know that whole show though i had i was just like thinking of something and i couldn't get it off my mind what's that i gotta ask you a question dude okay if a cow doesn't produce milk is it a milk dud or an utter failure Don't get mad at me. Get mad at Ethan McCabe, <laughs> our buddy. Ethan, the bearded trapper, he sent me that, and I'm using it. No, that wasn't bad. Ethan, Michael wants to punch me right now, just so you know. Well, that's mainly because it's, you know, like 1230 at night, and I still got to drive home and go to work. But not bad effort. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. So, all right, guys. Well, we're going to – He's going to punch me after this is over. Ethan, yeah. Just so you know. Yeah, we're going to get out of here. So, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Bye. See ya.